is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Looking forward to having an exciting show with you today, as we do every week. And, you know, this this show is about you. It's about sports. It's about life. It's about competition, sportsmanship, confidence, success, failure, winning, losing, emotions, the role sports plays in your life and society. Are you a sports fan? Are you into your team? Are you a coach? Are you an athlete? Are you an official? How do you handle success? How do you handle failure? These are the topics we get into on this show, and I love to talk about it with you because sports is something that's been important for me my whole life. I've played sports since I was a kid. I'm now 65. I still compete in different things, exercise all the time. I, If you've listened to the show, know that I have worked with athletes all over the country, with our Olympic team, with professional teams, collegiate teams, high school teams, and I've had the privilege to meet so many wonderful people in my 39 years of work. My 29th year here radio in Kansas City, 19th here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, and as I mentioned, our show is syndicated around the country now in a number of cities, and our list is growing. Today, I want to get into something that was happened to me this past week, and it's really interesting. I was lucky enough this past week to go on a cruise down in the Caribbean, and I wore my Kansas City Chiefs hat. And if you've listened to the show, you know I've been going to Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. I was uh, lucky enough to go to the very first Super Bowl with my father, January 15, 1967. And something that still stays in my mind, I can still remember it very vividly, I was 12. And then three weeks ago, went to the Super Bowl where the Chiefs won in Miami with my oldest son. And I had promised him years ago, if we ever went, we would I would do everything I could do to get us there. And God knows the tickets were expensive, but it was worth it. It was maybe one of the most exciting sporting events I've ever been at. And I gotta tell you, as a, as a fan of this team, since their, their first game, it was awesome. But also as a sports psychologist, working with, I've worked with over 30 Chiefs players over the years privately. It, it was just one of those experiences that I think if you are a sports fan, you can appreciate it when your team accomplishes a goal. But here's what I want to get into today, because here's what really hit me. This past week, went on a cruise, as I said, in the Caribbean, lucky enough to do that, and everywhere I went, when I was walking, would walk a good half hour, 45 minutes every morning around the ship when it was cruising. By the way, if you have one of these uh, sport watches, I have a Fitbit, I walk so many miles because it records how fat far you're going, not only how far you're going, but also the ship moving. So I was walking a good seven, eight miles for about 35, 40 minutes, which is great. Anyway, wearing my Chiefs hat, and people come up to me, hey, congratulations, man, that was awesome, good for you. And I thought, you know, the first day, a couple of people are doing this, then eventually four, five, six, seven, eight, everywhere I went, people are coming up. And then a gentleman comes up to me at dinner one night, with the young lady I was having dinner with and goes into about a 15-minute discussion with us about how he's from New York. And the Chiefs are his team. He came to a game at Arrowhead Stadium a year ago. The atmosphere, he's never been at a game like that. He's a big Jets fan. He goes, but now I'm a Chiefs fan. My son's a Chiefs fan. My father-in-law's a Chiefs fan. We're all Chiefs fans. He goes, I've never seen an atmosphere like that. And he said, we've been on a high since, since the team won. Guy from New York. Stopped in Honduras. People were coming up to me working there. 
Chiefs fan, man, congratulations. Same thing in Belize, same thing in Cozumel, Mexico. Everywhere I went. And it hit me. Wow, what a, what what an imp- only one, by the way, only one guy, only one person on the entire week was negative. He was a Patriots fan. And he said, You guys just got lucky. We should have won. He turned around, walked away, and had a Patriots hat on. I said, Well, you've won a bunch. Maybe it's somebody else's turn. But here's the deal. The excitement that this brought to so many people just hit me. And it, here in Kansas City, the city's still on fire with the excitement everyone's had. Everyone's got Chiefs clothes on, their Chiefs flags flying everywhere. It made me think, how important of a role does sports play in your life? How much does being a fan of a team play for you? What does it do for your community, for your city, if you're a college sports fan you wear your school's colors with pride. If you're a professional sports fan, you do. What is the role sports plays in our life? How positively does it impact us? How negatively does it impact us? When your team loses, do you get depressed? Do you go down in the dumps? How do you handle that? And I want to open up our phone lines, see if we can get some calls in here and get a discussion going about this. I'd love to hear from you. If you are a sports fan... If you have a big love for a team and how much of a role does it play for you when your team wins does that uplift your life does it pick you up does it make you feel better about yourself when your team loses do you get depressed I know back in the 90s when the Chiefs were the number one seed in the playoffs one year and they lost in a game uh, to Indianapolis to uh, Indianapolis when a kicker named Lynn Elliott missed all three field goals and they lost by less than a field goal. There was a self-help group in Kansas City for depressed fans and a number of people attended that self-help group for a few weeks. So what is the role sports plays in your life? Do you maybe put too much of an emphasis in it? Does it become too important in your life? Does your love or hurt from your team winning or losing affect you in a positive or negative way. So let's see if we can get some calls in here and talk about this. What is the role sports plays for you? How does it impact your community? How does it pick you up? Does it, get, does it, does it also get you down? When your team loses, do you get depressed? Do you, do you have a low energy that, that level the next day? Does it knock you down? And, and do you have a lot of sports team clothing, hats, shirts, jackets? Do you wear it whether your team wins or loses? Or do you only wear it when the team wins? Now, several years ago, the Kansas City Royals won the World Series in Kansas City two years in a row in the World Series. And people were wearing Royal stuff all the time. That's sort of been supplanted now by mostly Chief stuff, although Royal stuff is still being worn by a lot of people. So what kind of a role does sports play in your life? Does being a fan help you or hurt you you know fan is short for the word fanatic and fanatic means going over the edge you know when your team loses does it carry over with you into the next few days whether it's your youth sports team your college team your high school team your pro team whatever what kind of a role does sports play in your life that's what i'd like to get into today get some calls in here i'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete how much of a role does it play for you? Does it become everything you, you, you are and you do? If you're a coach, and I had several conversations with people on this cruise. We talked about what we did for livings, and people are always intrigued when I say I'm a sports psychologist. Well, what is that? What do you do? How do you deal with people? What do you say to people? What do you say to these parents? I get this question all the time. What do you say to these parents who go over the edge with their kids? So this is what I want to get into today. The role sports plays in your life. How much of an impact does your sports team have on you emotionally, psychologically, spiritually? I know for years, back in the 60s and 70s, there used to be a clergyman or a woman who would give the invocation before a football game. That doesn't really happen anymore. I know religious, places of religious worship would talk about sports teams, talk about the winning and losing, how it brought people together. So that's what I'd like to get into today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. We get into the metal side of sports on this show. 
about the role sports plays in our lives. And I'd like to hear from you. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our sports station, WHB, 810WHB here in Kansas City, our flagship station. And I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I've been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist, 29 years on the radio, the last 19 here at Sports Radio 810WHB. 
And I try to bring up topics each week that I think will be fun to talk about, not just here in Kansas City, but around the country as our show is syndicated. Our show is also podcasted here at the WHB website, but also my on my website, winnersunlimited.com. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, as I said, and you've probably heard me talk about how our show's growing. And I'm on a lot of radio stations now, coast to coast, but I felt with this show, I'm trying to help people understand about sportsmanship. So I created what's called the Sportsmanship Foundation. It's a 501c3 public charity to educate athletes, parents, coaches, officials, and the public just about the role sportsmanship plays in our life and the mental side of sports. And the goal is to help improve sports performances in the lives of athletes of all ages. If you want to help me educate the public, go to my website, winnersunlimited.com, click on the Sportsmanship Foundation and make a, a donation to it to help us have this radio show grow and become something that's a national show, because that's our goal. And to help people understand how sports is a positive thing and to help educate coaches, parents, officials, and athletes about making it a positive experience. So today's topic is this. What kind of a role does sports play in your life? What, how does it impact you positively or negatively? When your team wins, do you get all fired up and excited? When the team loses, do you get down in the dumps? How much of your life do you associate with that? I'd love to hear from you. If you're a sports fan, maybe maybe you're not. Maybe you're not into sports. Interesting statistic. During the Super Bowl in Kansas City, 97% of the TVs in Kansas City were tuned to the Super Bowl, which shows you the intensity this team had in this community. But also, the question comes up, what were the other 3% doing? All right, let's see what Steve has to say. Steve, good morning. How are you, sir? Great morning, buddy. How you doing? Great. So tell us your thoughts. Sports are everything. And, I, and uh, Dick Gilman, a coach of mine in, from Paola, Kansas, died a few weeks ago. I'm sorry. Uh, great mentor. Thank you. Uh, great mentor in my life. Uh, former KU quarterback. But you know what? He never, he never walked around and talked about it. Yeah, he didn't brag about his accomplishments in life, uh, his accomplishments, what he did in sports. Uh, but he was a phenomenal mentor. And that's kind of what I've followed. And it's not about going out and winning and everything. And you, you, have, to, you have to be able to deal with losing. Yes, you and do. Yes, you do, because it's part of it. It's, and part it's, of it. And it's a bigger part of it most of the time, right? And so, long story short, and, uh, you, as I went on to coaching, I followed Coach Gilman's steps, is you have to face everything that's put in front of you, but don't be afraid to fail. And failure leads to... To winning and these steps lead to not only what you do on the field but to your personal life very well and, stated Steve I agree with you 100% uh, but I, I get so aggravated because I've been coaching baseball for years at the high school level of junior legion that these people that think they have to put these kids in all of these uh, showcase things and spend all this money. <laughs> well, you know, I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, actually, on the airplane, and we were talking about this, about kids and parents and why do parents spend so much money on their kids' sports lives when they can be putting it towards their education. I said, well, you know what? Sports is an educational experience, and you learn, like you just said, about winning and losing. But I think it's about balance, Steve. And that's the whole thing. You know, this when your team wins, like the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, it brings the community together. It brings people together. Um, it, it, it's a release of a lot of frustration that a lot of people have. Yet at the same time, I think it also puts things in perspective for me about just how important sports a, a role sports does play. Because so many people, like I said, I, I, I encountered close to 50, 60 people this last week on this Caribbean cruise I went on coming up to me and saying, hey, man, congratulations to you. That's great. You, you're a Chiefs fan? I said, yes. Congratulations to you. That's awesome that they won. So happy they won. And, you know, that was a cool thing. Um, 
I've worn Chiefs clothing my whole life since they started playing. Rarely has anybody ever come up and said anything like that. Usually they're just ignored. So obviously the role sports plays impacts a lot of people, positively or negatively. But I think what you're saying is how you handle yourself as an athlete, as a coach, and the role you play with other people that really impacts what it does does for you as well as the people you're around. Is that right? It's fantastic. Thank you. And uh, But I just, just like parents to think that there, there's other options. You don't have to, especially like American Legion Baseball, you know, there's options out there for that. But that, that's not your topic today. Well, the, but, the goal, the goal uh, sport, the goal about Steve to me, it's, I mean, you see these T-shirts a lot of times, sports says life. Well, sports is an, a great example of life. It's not all about life. Family, your, your, your spirituality, your beliefs, that, that, that to me is the foundation of what you're about. I mean, to me, it's about family. It's about, about the people you love. And sports is, is a derivative of that. It's a, it's a part of that, but it's not all of it. But some people take it to the extreme, like the whole thing now with Houston Astros with the sign stealing that happened. Now you're, oh you're seeing God. threats on these, athlete, on these guys' lives. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay? What they did was wrong, plain, flat, and simple. It was wrong. Shouldn't have been done. Okay, but I mean, they're people. So now you're going to threaten them, you know? I mean, I, and that's what I'm saying. It goes too far. Sometimes people take it too far. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll leave it with this. And again, thank you for your show. I appreciate it because again, sports. And again, uh, Coach Gilman, uh, phenomenal man in my life. Uh, he set me straight. When I was starting to have some hard times in high school, um, you you win, you lose, but you learn from you 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 you, you savor the wins. But like you would say, those losses you learn from. Well, Steve, I don't think anybody. On. Excuse me, I don't think anybody could have said any better than that. So I want to thank you so much for calling in. Great, great thoughts, and thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Have a great day. That was a fantastic call, and. That's why I do this show, because people get something from it. This show's about helping you feel good about who you are, learn about things, improve on things. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Grandma, what's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. 
Honey, you wanna give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition. And Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show, the Sports Psychology Hour, here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, our flagship station. Here every week talking about sports, life, mindsets, attitudes. As a sports psychologist for 39 years, I've had the privilege to see a lot of things. I worked with our Olympic cycling team. For eight years and was at the Olympics in 1984, three world championship competitions. And, you know, we're talking about today's topic, the role sports plays in our lives. I remember 1983 in Switzerland at the world championships in cycling at the pro road race, which Greg LeMond won. I think he was the first American to win that. But we were on a race course at six o'clock in the morning, our U.S. team, and they put team members throughout the course planted us at different areas with USA stuff on in case a cyclist needed a tire change or, or some equipment. So we're out there. There were over a million people on this course. It was, I think, about a 17-mile course. Over a million people. At 6 o'clock in the morning, we're out there. And wearing their country's colors, supporting their teams. And that really impacted me in terms of just how sports is part of so many people's lives, not just as a competitor, but as a fan and how exciting it can be or how depressing it can be. And, you know, our last caller, Steve hit it right on the head. I mean, it's what you do, what you really get out of it is what you learn from losing. But what do you also get out of it when you win? What does it do for you positively? So I'd like to hear from you. If you are a sports fan, and since we're here in Kansas City doing this show, you're a Chiefs fan. What did the Super Bowl victory do for you personally? Did it pick you up for a couple weeks? Are you still living on that high from that game? Still flying your Chiefs flags on your car at your house? Wearing Chiefs clothes. I mean, there are Chiefs clothes being sold in grocery stores and pharmacies, department stores, sports stores. It's everywhere. I've, ne- I've never seen anything like this before. And the excitement that people still talk about the team's victory. So 
the role sports plays for you. I'd like to hear from you. How has it impact? How does sports? How has it impacted you positively or negatively in your life? If you're a fan, doesn't matter what team. University of Georgia. You could be UCLA. You could be Michigan. Harvard. Doesn't matter. What kind of a role does sports play for you? How does it help you? How does it promote you? How does it make you more positive or more negative? If you're a parent, you get into your sports teams, your kids will probably get into the teams you're into because they like to emulate what you do. And you're really excited about the teams winning or losing. How do you talk about losing? How do you handle that with your kids? What do you say to them when your team loses? What do you say to them when things don't go well? How do you help them adjust to that to not let it affect them psychologically, emotionally for several days? What I see athletic competition doing is it brings people together. It can bring people together, but it can also turn people on each other. Like I said, the one, the one person this last week on this cruise I was on, the one person, about 50, 60 people are, hey, Chiefs fan, Chiefs, man, they won, that's great, so awesome. And the one guy said, oh, you guys were lucky. Chiefs suck. And he turns around, he's got a Patriots hat on. And so, you know, it was just sort of funny. And I'm like, okay, you've won six titles in the last several years. What are you upset about? Jealousy. You know, you can't win all the time. Things cycle through. Our number is 913-3810-810. Let's see what James has to say. James, good morning. How are you, sir? Fine. How are you today? Great. Thank you for calling in. Good. I just wanted to share with you probably the two biggest life lessons um, that I've learned from sports. And... Um, Granted, uh, my, my coaches were great mentors in my life, but I would say the two biggest things I've learned from sports are teamwork and the power of possible. Uh, when you brought up your topic, I was just thinking back of the sports highlights that I can remember. I was 11 years old when the miracle on ice happened, and when Al Michaels made that call, I was personally, I was over the moon. Um, that, was that, four, that was 40 years ago, wasn't it? That was 40 years ago, and I was actually I was recovering from tons, from a tonsillectomy, and uh, all I could eat was ice cream and pudding at the time. But so I was having a physical issue, but I can remember sitting there glued to that TV set, and when that happened, that taught me the power of possible. Um, and excuse me, are Jim Craig and Mike Rizzioni your your role models now? <laughs> they very much are. They very much are. But I remember that highlight and a couple of other things that come to mind. Um, Montana to Clark at the back of the end zone. Mario's Miracle. The Royals World Series. The Chiefs World Series. It taught me the power of possible in life and the, the power of teamwork. I use that every day when I go to my job. What do, you, what do you do? What do you do, James? Well, I actually do warehouse work. And um, I run around and fill orders in a warehouse. But teamwork is so important to get my job done in whatever walk in life. Um, you well, yeah, you've got to. You, it's not just you. You're working with a group of people, and you've got to get all these products in different places and move them around, and you've got to work together. Absolutely. And then I'll, I'll finish on this note. Your interview with Danny Wilniak was so incredible, and I hope people go back and listen to that. That teaches us the power of possible right here in our community. I was so inspired by that. Um, well, thank you. That was last summer. Danny Wilniak is a sports director at KCTV5 here in Kansas City. Wonderful young lady who uh, came on the show and just talked about herself. Yes. And that's, right. it's on our, if you go to our podcast on winnersunlimited.com, you can find it on there. Go, go ahead. Sorry. That, well, again, that just brings it down to the local. You know, those other things happened when I was a kid or I'm watching the TV set, but uh, that's where rubber meets the road, right here. In well, let, let me ask you, though, what, what was it about that interview that, that inspired you? Well, it's just she just kept going through barriers, going through barriers. She mentioned some of her setbacks in life. That didn't stop her. Your last caller talked about how failure can be a lesson, you know, um, 
to teach you to success. You've got to learn from that. She just would not take no for an answer. And you can just tell when, when you see her on air, she's confident. She was very confident in your interview. Um, she just, <laughs> I don't know. She just, like I said, broke down barriers. And it can happen. It can happen for her. We can break down barriers in our own life. Um, well, you know, you know, you know you're hitting it right on the head as our last caller did. And, and here's the thing. You know, we're all going to leave this earth one day. We're all going to be done. And, and what will we have done in our lives? How will we have impacted people? What role did we play right. positively or negatively with people? And it's going to be a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But I think that the key thing when, I, when we get into this whole topic of what sports does, and sports is such a huge part of our, of our lives if you're into it. I mean, listen, I know people. I remember, here's a great story. Several years ago when I was working with the Royals, and one of our announcers, Bob Davis, was also the KU sports announcer. Bob Davis one of the best people I've ever met. Great Absolutely. guy. So we're on a plane flying home from Minnesota and the end of the season. And we're talking, and he said, you know, i got to tell you a story. He goes, uh, at the Final Four a couple years ago, I was on a plane flying down to the Final Four, and... He said, I sat next to a gentleman. We started talking. He goes, what do you do? He goes, well, I'm a radio announcer. I'm going to the Final Four. And this man said to him, what's the Final Four? And I I said, come on, Bob, really? He goes, no. He didn't know what it was. And I'm like, how can someone not know what the Final Four is? But he didn't. So it just goes to show you, as much as involved as so much of us are in this, a lot of people aren't. Right. So it takes both sides. Listen, sir, thank you for calling in. Thanks for listening. Okay. I'm glad the show has helped you out with some okay. things. Take care of yourself. Bye. What kind of a role does sports play in your life, positively or negatively? When your team wins a championship, are you inspired and pumped up for weeks on edge like Chiefs fans are here in the Kansas City area? Or if your team is lost and doesn't perform up to expectations, does it depress you and knock you down? I'd love to hear from you if you're a fan, if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're an official, maybe you just don't like sports that much, doesn't do much for it. I'd like to hear what you think. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports on this show. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I've, I have developed a 501c3 nonprofit organization called the Sportsmanship Foundation based on this show. And my goal with this show is to make this show a national show. And the purpose of the corporation is to help educate athletes, coaches, parents, officials about sportsmanship, about the mental side of sports, helping improve sports performance for athletes everywhere. So if you'd like to help me out, we're taking donations to help this foundation work. It's a charitable donation. You can go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Want to donate a dollar, want to donate more, that's great. Just go click on the Sportsmanship Foundation and you can make a donation. It's tax-free and we'll help you out. So appreciate any help I can get to help make this show a national show because there is a need for people to hear what we're talking about here. I feel that very strongly. Because every week we hear these stories of these wacko parents and coaches who go ballistic at youth sports games, at high school games, who get out of control. You know, we now have something that's concerning me, and that's the whole issue with the Houston Astros, obviously the sign-stealing situation, but the way people are reacting towards that. Josh Reddick, one of the players on the Astros, who apparently had nothing to do with that, directly, from what I've read, is getting threats in his kids' lives. Why would you do that? Why would somebody make a threat? He's got apparently five-month-old twins. Why would you do that? There, there are some people out there who just don't get it. I mean, sports is competition. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. There are rules that you play by. If you break the rules, you should be punished. You know, the Astros are, have been punished. Their manager and general manager lost their jobs. They're going to have to deal with that the rest of their lives. A.J. Hinch is going to well, probably, I doubt, will work in baseball again for a long time, if ever, because of that. And, you know, I mean, the players are going to have to deal with what they did because it was wrong. But you don't threaten their lives. Blake, what do you think about that? Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, you learn how to win in sports, but you also learn how to lose because that is a half of the whole sport. And I think sometimes when these, uh, I'd like to call them adults, but when you're when you're doing something so malicious like that and you're just a fan, I, it goes to show that you, I don't think you ever learned how to lose in sports. And I'm wondering if that's, that's something you really need to step back and take a look at yourself. If you're if you're so wrapped up in something and you can't handle a failure that you that you can take something away from to build on that and you just go off the rails and send somebody death threats. I mean, that's that that really says more something way more about you than it does what what you're angry about. Well, I mentioned I've been going to Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. I've only missed 10 games when I've been in town. I've been at it I was at gone for 9 years at school and I've been out of town a lot working with other teams, but I've only missed in, in town since I moved home from grad school. I figured out I only missed two home games since 1981 when I've been in town. One was the day after I got married, which I really needed to not be there that day. But there were a couple of Chiefs players at my wedding the night before, and then uh, another time I was ill. But 
I was even there the day after my oldest son was was born because my wife said, go to the game. I've got girlfriends coming to the hospital. You don't want to be around them. And I had more fun at the game. Anyway, but here's the thing. I've been at, at, at sporting events, all kinds, where people have gone crazy and threatening, yelling, obscenities, going berserk at, at other fans for cheering. And so where's the perspective that we put into this? I mean, the excitement that the Kansas City Chiefs have in Kansas City obviously has been a very uplifting experience for this community. And, you know, this is a beloved franchise here. The The Hunt family has been very has had a huge impact on this community. And Lamar Hunt, the the founder of the team, was beloved here in the community, and his son Clark has carried that tradition on. And So if you have a sports team that you follow and that you're a big fan of, you want them to do well. But you know what? At the end of the year, at the end of the competition, whether it's high school, college, professional, Olympics, whatever, one team is going to come in first place and everybody else is not. And I want to share a story which I think sums up a lot of this about what it comes back to. I was the team psychologist with the Kansas City Blazers swim team for 28 years, a club swim team here in Kansas City. And the founder of the team, one of my co-authors of my book, Pete Malone, great person who contributed so much to our book along with Jeff Montgomery. My co-author is our book, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes to Youth Sports. That selfishly, I think everybody should read if you've got kids in youth sports because we cover all of it. Years ago, we had a young lady named Catherine Fox, 1996, who was a swimmer. And Catherine worked with me and was, was qualifying for the Olympics, made the Olympic team, was the first swimmer to, to make it in the finals in seven out of eight events of the Olympic trials made the Olympic team in 1996 in Atlanta. So Catherine and Pete came on my show before she left for the Olympics. And she talked about how she had gotten there and what propelled her. And we talked about the things we'd worked on. And we had a caller, an older gentleman who calls in and was talking to her because Catherine said, my goal is to go to Atlanta and do the best I can, represent our country, and swim my best. And we talked about what her expectations were. She goes, Dr. J, she goes, I just want to do the best I can. If I come in dead last, but I set a personal best time, will I be disappointed I came in last? Yes, but will I be upset with myself? No, because I knew I will have done my best. And if I swim the best time I've ever swum and I come in dead last, that means there are a lot of really good swimmers. My goal is to do my best. Well, this older gentleman calls up and became real critical of her and say, listen, the goal of the Olympics is to win. Come in first. Get the gold. That's a crummy attitude. You, you, you haven't learned the right thing. And she said, sir, no, actually I have because if I go do the best I can and I swim the fastest time I've ever swum and I come in dead last, that means I've come in dead last of, of the best swimmers in the world. And that's not a bad place to be. Well, Catherine goes on to win not just one, but two gold medals, two at the Olympics. Comes back on the show a couple weeks after the Olympics. Had a big parade here in town for her. She was honored at a Chiefs game. I remember all these things very vividly. And she came on the show and back with Pete again and asked for that guy to call back. He never did. I said, sir, you know what? Yeah, I won two gold medals, greatest thing, but, but I gave it my best effort. I was lucky enough, she was in relays, lucky enough we won the, the gold medal, but I did my best. And that's what it's about, doing your best. Hopefully this show will help some people with that. I love sports. I love competition. I love the the adrenaline it gives you, the thrill it gives you, but, you know, the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory, as they used to say on ABC's Wide World of Sports. It's about the experience. Hope you've enjoyed this show today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As I mentioned, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Just go to our website, click on the additional programming tab, and you can hear the show. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Click it on. Go to the podcast page. You'll find 
podcast from about the last eight years on there. And as I mentioned earlier with our foundation, the Sportsmanship Foundation, our charitable organization, we want to donate to that to help make this show grow. I'd love to, to get that from you if you'd like to help us out. A lot of ways to reach me. My website, send me an email at drj at winnerslimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych, S-P-O-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. My office number is 816-561-5556. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Have a great week. Take care. Have fun. Enjoy your life. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.